it all started with a very simple idea. Tell the stories of how successful middle market CEOs made it to the corner office. I'm Brand Handley, founder and managing director of Resource Options International, or ROI. We're the USA's premier executive search firm focused exclusively on empowering middle market companies to attract, hire, and retain A players while transforming top executives' careers and lives. ROI's Into the Corner office is dedicated to discovering how middle market CEOs advance their career, and we're making these remarkable and sometimes quite unbelievable stories available to you for the very first time. Listen and learn about the challenges they've overcome, the interesting people they've met along the way, and the lessons learned that steered these executives' unique journey into a middle market corner office of their own. I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my guest is Chad Epperson. Chad is the owner and CEO of United Treating and Distribution, based in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He began his lumber career in high school, working at a local lumber yard, and after graduating, he joined the Army and served his country for two years in Texas. He found his way back to the Shoals after that, got back into the lumber industry, and founded UTD in 2006. But he came to Christ in 1995, and both he and his wife Jeannie are active members of the Grace Life Church of the Shoals. And when not at work, he enjoys church outdoors and various activities with his sons, granddaughters, and his church family. Chad Epperson, welcome into the corner office. Brand, I'm excited to be here with you, man. Thank you for your time. Oh, it's fantastic, fantastic. And I'm so excited to meet you, too. We're actually going to meet tomorrow. I know folks that will be listening to this will be a month or so in the past, but we've got our big uh, Current 19 event coming up, and this is my first one. And gosh, you've been a C12 member for over 10 years, haven't you, Chad? Uh, yes, sir. And how many of these uh, national conferences have you attended? Uh, the only one I didn't go to was the first one uh, year that I was a member, so it's wow. probably the fifth or sixth one I've been to. Uh. Fantastic. Well, that's great to know. But let's start a little bit with your early life. I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago a little bit about that, but tell our audience, uh, you know, a little bit about your earlier years, where you grew up, and you know what your early family life was like. Uh, well, uh, product of a single home. My mom and dad got divorced when I was about a year and a half. Yeah, we moved around a lot, mostly raised by my uh, mother. Uh, uh, till sixth grade, moved at least once to two or three times a year. Right. Did you see your dad much, or didn't have much of an influence on you? I did. I saw him regularly. He uh, was a was a good dad and uh, spent time with us. Just did not live with him. And uh, and uh, actually, when I was sixteen, I actually moved back in with my dad and uh, finished high school uh, in his house. So yeah, awesome. So tell me about your parents. What what did dad do? What was his living? Uh, early years, he he was been a sales guy. He started yeah. in the mobile home business, was in the okay. car business. But most of my life, he was uh, in the lumber business as a lumber salesman ah. and a lumber uh, and a freight dispatcher for the. All right, company. so it runs in the genes a bit. Yes, sir, that's right. <laughs> and we'll talk about uh, United Treating Distribution a little bit later. Um, and and mom was she a stay at home or did she have to work? Given the fact that you know she was a single mom raising you, she worked. What kind of work did she do? Uh, general office work uh, uh -huh. in the beginning. Matter of fact, one of my customers today, she was a uh, office manager for them back when right? I was uh, in second or third grade. Uh, uh, but she later went to work for the uh, 
county government, uh-huh, was in the uh-huh. tax assessor, tax appraiser, and ended up, uh, that's what she did as a career for herself after that. Any brothers and sisters? Yes, I have an older brother, Mike, who passed okay. in 2006. Oh, sorry to hear that. That's uh, okay. He's uh, with the Lord and uh, yeah, yeah. a younger sister, Brandy, and a, a younger brother, Mark. Oh, gosh, big brood. Cool. Yeah. And are, are, are any of your other siblings involved in the business today, or are they on their own separate paths? No, they're on their own separate paths. Okay, yes. all right. I do have so, children in the, in the yeah, business. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. we hear about them a bit. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, very excited to learn more. Um, tell me some of the things, again, thinking about your parents or maybe even some of the uh, the brothers and sisters. What were some of the inspirations you took from growing up? You know, any m- memories that you have, lessons learned, either from mom or dad or siblings? Uh, definitely. Uh, of course, many, but just to keep it down, my mother, uh, I remember we were, I don't remember how old I was. I was middle school age. We lived in housing projects, uh, mm-hmm. government assistance for food and housing. And I remember my mother got a, a, a an offer to promotion at work. Uh, and uh, it was a good thing for her. But the raise was going to be bring home less money than the government oh. assistance that she was going to lose. Oh, my god! So for her to take this raise, and we already were extremely poor and uh, uh i mean like you know really poor and i remember my mother said that but this is the right thing to do it's going to be tougher on us mm. for now but this is the path to mm. move out of where we are and uh, mm. uh that had a major impact wow. on me to know courage uh yeah courage and to do the right thing and to always move forward and uh and Despite that was what the mon- monetary consequences wow what a what an amazing thing how old how old were you at the time Chad, i was in middle was, school wow yeah so that's a living memory that's terrific and did that play out for her was she able to advance in her career and then earn more eventually get caught up she did she actually yeah. ended up starting her own business that that's wonderful yeah, that led her to a skill that elect, and she didn't it wasn't a big business it was a her and one or two others occasionally yeah, working for yeah. her, but she was able to make a living on her own after that. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Well, that's great. Well, that's a t- terrific inspiration. What about dad? Any memories from, from him in the early days? Obviously, the lumber business. Did he get you involved in that? Did you have some part-time work? And I did. I had summer yeah. work and some yeah. work after school. He got me work, just work doing manual labor in the plant. And, uh, right, right. Uh, he, uh, I know when I got he helped me get an interview at a actually a competitor of his. He got me an wow. interview and I uh, got the job. And my dad was always helpful to help me understand because uh, I got a job in sales and helped me understand, you know, how to sell lumber and how to, uh, you know, take care of customers. So he was yeah. a good yeah. customer service guy. That's terrific. That's great. What about um, uh, other inspirations? Were there other folks, maybe coaches at school or teachers or, you know, but maybe pastors, I know you came to the Lord a little later. Did did you grow up in the church? Was you know was that a part of your earlier life? Yeah, my, well, my grandfather was a, a Baptist pastor. And we, oh, I told you right. we moved a lot. We always yeah. moved back to my granddad's house. Right, and right. Uh, so he was kind of the constant in my life. And uh, he was a, a poor guy, but he uh, loved the Lord and was rich in loving his uh, family. And I remember uh, one time we— uh, we needed to build a, a new chimney and fireplace for the house, and we mm-hmm. literally would go to streams and pick up rocks and go to get sand off the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And we built this big old fireplace uh, out of with our bare hands. And uh, Fantastic. yeah, so he he just had a good work ethic to him. And then my teacher, uh, my uh, Mister Champion, he was my electronics teacher in high school, uh-huh. uh, and he believed in me and. Uh, uh, I really loved that class, loved being mm. mentored by him. Uh, so from a childhood standpoint, that would be 
couple of my mentors. Yeah, awesome. Now, you grew up in Alabama. When, when you were moving around, was it also within the state, or did you move outside? For the most part, Mississippi, yeah, yeah. maybe Florida, maybe, right, but yes, sir. Right. And your parents both from that area as well? Is that kind of a generational location for your family? It is. We, we grew up yeah. about 30 miles south where I'm at now. Right, right, right. Terrific. Um, you talked a little bit about school and, and your mentor there. Were you a good student? Uh, I was not a great student. Uh, uh, I, I I was the kind of student that uh, when I was in school, I listened, took notes. Mm. And from that, I could make anywhere from A's to C's. I never did homework when I left school. Yeah. I was gone from school. So, you know, I just, uh, uh, that's kind of how I got by. Yeah, yeah. And what were some of the outside things that you did? Obviously, uh, you worked at, you know, lumber in the lumber business, but were there sports? Was there music, theater, other stuff that you got involved with as a kid? Uh, there was not. Working, uh, I worked uh, yeah. delivering and preparing appliances. I worked at the lumber yard. I did a lot of yard work, uh, mm -hmm, cleaning mm -hmm. cars, just uh, whatever I could do to make some money as a teenager. Well, you eventually started your own business, so we'll get to that in a bit. But what about entrepreneurial things? You know, did you, you know, have the ubiquitous paper route? Did you do chores, you know, mow the lawns around the neighborhood, that type of thing as well when you were younger? Yeah, I did do the uh, uh, yards and uh, did, yeah. like I said, car washing and things like that, you know, for my own money. Right, right. And as you got into high school and then, you know, obviously progressed, and were you working at the lumberyard pretty much full time or were there other jobs that you had as you were growing up? No, like I said, it was uh, that uh, side jobs and then the appliance uh, job they had was my only job until I, right. I went into the Army. Yeah, yeah. And that was right after high school, as I understand it. Yes, you sir. were down in Texas, right, for a while. El Paso, Texas, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. And did you do some service overseas, or were you pretty much at the base the whole time? I did not go overseas, no service. Right, I right. stayed stateside. Yeah, well, thank you for your service. Did you look at the GI Bill and think about maybe going to college coming back, or was there the need to just get back to work? <laughs> well, I actually went in the Army for college money, because that was yeah. what was going to be my only option. And, sure. Uh, uh, so we got out of the army, but while I was in the army, I actually got married, right. and uh, so just uh, went straight to work once I got out of the army, and you know, and uh, really, literally from the day I joined the army or started in the army, I've never had a single day that I didn't have a job. I, I, when I moved off one job, I was always going to another job. So yeah, yeah. Did you start having children right away with Jeannie? No, we were married yeah. a few years before we started having children. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Tell me about your your uh, army years. What were those like, and you know what kind of responsibilities did you have, both in terms of people and you know leadership and in in you know on the job training. Yeah, the army was great for me. Mm. Uh, I uh, really needed it. I I, I kind of grew up on the streets and was really not a little the, wild. Yeah, I was yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, you, you did not want your children hanging out with me. <laughs> uh, put it that way. Uh, I wasn't a they, mean, would, they would have been a bad influence on you, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I'd been a bad influence on them, there's no doubt. Uh, but now it really helped me give me discipline, helped me understand yeah. uh you know, uh, sacrifice. Uh, mm. I was only in a short time, but uh I was a M1A1 tanker uh Mm. I was able to do uh, the beginning job, the driving job, and then the the gunner job, which was the mm. there's four jobs on a tank. So I did right, excel right. pretty quickly through that, and really really loved that. That was a, yeah. a blast. Did you leave as a corporal sergeant? What was your? Uh, uh, I was I was actually injured and uh, mm. as a PFC, and and once I was uh, at that point, I was no longer could be promoted. Oh, so. got it. So that was the why you had the short stint. 
Yeah, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. yeah. got yes, sir. it. Okay, cool, cool. And then when you came right out of the service, then that's when you returned to the Shoals? Well, I, I stayed in El Paso, Texas for uh-huh. just a little while, about right. a few months selling cars. And then we moved home and uh, started selling cars when I got home. Got it, got it. Where did you meet your wife? Uh, high school. We were okay. not really, uh-huh. we kind of dated here and there, but we really weren't a more couple. friends. More yeah. friends, yeah. that's right. right. Uh uh, kissing friends. How about that? But, uh, we were friends. <laughs> but uh, when I was on my way from basic training to my permanent duty station, uh, we caught back up and shortly later ended up getting married. And we've been married be 32 years in August. Ah, congratulations. And, and a couple of granddaughters, from what I understand, and three children. Is that correct? I've got three wonderful sons, two yeah. working the business every day. And uh, the third uh, works in the summers. He's a junior right. in high school. Right, right. Fantastic. So um, back to the Shoals, uh, went to work in uh, uh, sales, from what I can tell, back in the industry. What what motivated you to finally found uh, UTD? Was that uh, based on kind of a, an assessment of the opportunity? Was Did someone come along and say, hey, you're really good at this. Go do it on your own. T- tell me a little bit about your motivations of founding the company. Yeah, I would like to take the credit and say that I had this smart, <laughs> slick, grand plan. But, uh, you know, Always, whatever I've done ever, uh, I wanted to do it well. I just, mm. that's just the way I was built. And I used to tell my wife, you know, this is so too much. I'm just wore out. I'm going to quit and work at McDonald's. And I was kind of joking, but, and then we <laughs> would joke and say, well, yeah, all I would do is I'd end up becoming shift manager and then store manager. And, and I would uh, still take all the responsibilities, but make a lot less money. So, uh, <laughs> so I just, it just really, I always wanted to honor the people I was working for and work hard, and mm. and the Lord just really opened the door up. I didn't, I said, I didn't have this grand plan. He opened the door up, gave me an opportunity to uh, with some wonderful guys that helped me get started that I was working with, and uh, they were they a real blessing to me. And uh, they, you know, uh, uh, with the skills God gave me, an opportunity people. Uh, helped me with, uh, started the business in 2006. Well, you came to faith before that. So tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, I would say, I, I like to tell people my bottom was on the top. Uh, it, <laughs> that <laughs> happens to a lot of us. <laughs> yeah, you know, I thought the answer to life was to be happy, was to have a lot of money, mm. be successful. Because I grew up, like I told you, very poor. Right. So I kind of had, you know, if I could have uh, be married, own a home, because nobody in my family hardly owned homes. Mm you know, have my hot rod and have a motorcycle, then I had made it, you know. And so I I had my two sons, I had my house, I had my hot rod, I had my motorcycle, (laughs) and uh, I was just miserable, to be honest with you. uh, This is the early mid-90s, I take it, right? That's right. It was, uh, I got saved May of 95. Mm. Uh, So I started in the the business in uh, July 9th, 1990, selling lumber. Right. And, uh, and that's when you economically started doing better. Correct. I, I imagine. Yeah. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I just found that everything that I thought would bring joy in life did mm. not. Mm. And the Lord just brought me to the end of myself when I thought I was on top of the world. And uh, and like, as I say, the rest is history and I'm his and uh, what a journey he's brought me on. Now, was Jeannie a believer prior to that, or did you both uh, come to Jesus about the same time? Well, uh, my my wife uh, was never a party or any of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she had a uh, what she thought was a conversion at a young age. But my wife, actually, about 
six, seven, eight months ago, came to know the Lord uh, oh. as her Lord and Savior. So Awesome. Uh, yeah. Awesome. But so she's a wonderful a bride. little longer burn on that one. That's right. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Well, what was the actual event? Uh, did you, you know, where did you go to your grandfather's church? Was it, uh, you know, a Billy Graham uh, revival or, you know, what, what was the event back in May of 95? Yeah, I'm still uh, at the same church uh, mm-hmm. that the Lord saved me in. Uh, the, at the back of the time, they had what they called Friend Day, which was the first day of revival. And uh, we had made a mistake and visited that church because we would every once in a while go to a church, you know, once a year or something. And right, right. We got Christmas on their, time or Easter. Yeah, yep, Easter. Yep. We got on their visitation list. So they had my <laughs> they had my wife commit to come to church on Friend Day. She committed my two young sons that I wasn't going to go. Well, my wife wakes up the morning of, the, of Friend Day and, and sick and says, honey, uh, I committed those kids would be there. I, I told them they'd be there. Would you take them? I'm like, no. And then she's, you know, <laughs> you know I'm like, I told you I wouldn't go. And so not only does she want me to take them to church, she want me to take them to Sunday school. Oh my gosh. So he was I, working on her oh, then, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So, so I went to, I went and I was in a, a guy's Sunday school class. He was a big guy. I thought believers were all perfect and I knew I wasn't perfect. <laughs> and I'm not saying they portrayed that, but that's the way I took yeah, believers. Of course. And, uh, of course. and uh, this big old burly guy, I mean, like a man's <laughs> man, talked real deep. And, and at the end of the class, I don't even know what the lesson was on. He just said, uh, Guys, if you go to work with me this week and follow me around, I will let you down. I'm not perfect, but I but there is one who is Jesus Christ. And mm. I I had heard that. I mean, many times. My grandpa was a preacher. Sure, sure. But I was just the Lord had just he just undone me right there because uh, wow. wow. And uh, so that day I, I gave my life to the Lord on the spot, on the spot, on, on the spot, and, and uh, got baptized. Served Hallelujah. on staff at that church a couple wow. of times, and and that's Grace Life, right? Grace that's Life Church of the Show. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. About 10 years later, you got that founded. So you still worked in that competing lumber yard, I guess we can call it now. That's right. What, what led you to then eventually found your own company? Uh, you know, I thought uh, the Lord was leading me to do that, to, mm-hmm. to earn money, to someday go off and do ministry and help fund ministry. Uh-huh. And, and he certainly has done that. that. That's certainly been a part of it. But what he showed me early on, and C12 was a big part of that, was no, Chad, uh, the business is a big part of your ministry. Mm. And the people, the lives, the customers, suppliers, the yeah. families that you get to touch every day, what an opportunity to honor God in the way you do business and to love on people in an uncommon way. Mm. And so mm. uh, so that has been quite a journey uh, Fabulous. to learn that. It's all his. It's all his. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I like to tell people, there's a, a verse that talks about that he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Right. And I, I'm certainly that picture. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. You and me both, brother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh, you, you took a risk. You went out and started the company. Uh, did you have seed money? Did you set stuff aside? Tell us a little bit about the process of, of getting UTD started. Yeah, there's this. Now, once again, I had two guys, wonderful guys that I worked with that that helped me get started uh, in many ways. But there certainly is that day one that I tell my wife, you know, what little bit we've earned in this world, I'm fixing to sign it all online, and <laughs> we either make it. And, and, and I tell you, the mark of a good wife. Here's what my wife told me: I know you prayed about it. I know you love the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lived in a trailer before. Uh, if we lose everything, uh, I can go back there again. I can go back there again. I'm, wow. t- I'm behind you. Fantastic. And, uh, so, Fantastic. You know, that's all yeah. you needed to hear. That's all I needed to hear. Yes, yeah. sir. 
And were you profitable right away? Were you able to get success uh, pretty quickly? Or were there some trying times over the last decade? Well, you know, there's always trying times. And yes, uh, <laughs> well, you started right before the big recession. So I can imagine those were kind of a couple of tough years, I imagine. Yeah, the beginning of the housing decline started right. in 2006, which That's is when right. I started my business. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I Lehman, started mine in 2009. So I know exactly what it's like during that period. Yeah, yeah we had uh, was doing well. We were profitable day one. Uh, mm. Uh, like I had been in this business, so I, you know, I yeah, had a customer base. I knew it, and uh, uh, we, uh, you know, 2008 came. Lehman Brothers failed. I thought the phone company must have shut down too because the phones quit ringing. <laughs> uh, but the Lord gave me a piece in 2009, which was the first full year after it all happened. Right, right. You know, early on, Lord gave me peace and said, you know, Chad. I'm in control. Don't You're worry not about controlling. it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. And, and I got with my team, and I said, guys, recession's over for us. Uh, we're going to go out every day and do what we can do and trust yep. the Lord. And we actually grew our market share considerably in 2009 Fantastic. while the rest of the industry was uh, really uh, going Still backwards. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't anything we did. It's just him giving us the boldness to trust him and to quit worrying about everything and, and do what, put our hand to the plow. One day at a time and surrender all to him. Yes, know? sir. It's his business anyway. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So do you remember the first time you started managing people? Was it there at UTD or or, or did you have some responsibility earlier in your career? Oh, yeah. I've had, you know, I've been a couple of different companies with, you know, sales manager, different things like that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, early on, I kind of, uh, I really wasn't trained to manage people. And I felt like if people didn't work the way I work, they must not have been working as hard as I was. <laughs> and so I was kind of really was tough, too tough on people. I, and I have no problem being tough on people, but I was unfairly tough on people. <laughs> and I didn't really, really understand that, you know, God has uh, equipped everybody differently, has made everybody right. uniquely and wonderfully right. made. They're not all like us. No, and, and thank, <laughs> thank and God. Thank God. Yeah, if, if this company had a bunch of chads, we'd go off the, <laughs> you know, the rails in a heartbeat. So yeah, you know how it is. Uh, so. I love it. So how long did it take you to learn that lesson? Well, the, too long. The hard way, too long. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm still learning it sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know that I can say I've fully learned it, but uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, we're. Uh, uh, you know, it's always growing. It's a work in right? progress. It's, right? a work in it's progress. a work in progress. Any other early management lessons from, from you know, running people or, or maybe having bosses that were bad examples? You don't have to mention any names, but, you know, we've all had that boss where he said, boy, I'll never do that to someone else. Yeah, you definitely have those times. I had one time a guy came in the uh, the sales meeting and told everyone that, uh, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't earn their pay and they shouldn't. You know, they didn't, you know, uh, shouldn't be there and did it really in a harsh way. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually love this guy. He's a good guy. But I didn't remember saying, you know, that, you know, that, that, that's not the way to do that's, it. That's pretty harsh. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've yeah. been harsh myself. I said it, but when you're on the other side of it, you're like, you know, this ain't yeah. very good. You yeah. Know? I don't want to do that. It didn't motivate me much. It didn't, right? no, it didn't do yeah. it, motivate me yeah. at all. Yeah. And so today, kind of fast forward, how big's the company? I know we spoke a couple of weeks ago. You got two or three divisions. You're operating in about 20 states, from what I gather. Give us give us a little synopsis of uh, United Treat and Distribution. Yeah, we, we're a, what I would call a suite of companies. It's all mm-hmm. several companies that really kind of work together. It's a, right. a lumber company, trucking company, and freight brokers company, but uh, all to serve uh, one purpose. But uh, we do have a couple of different departments, divisions that serve uh, what we call industrial, which are manufacturers mostly of certain things right. that use lumber, and then we we sell uh, independent retail lumber yards, uh, 
uh, all over the southeast as well. And yeah, mm-hmm. roughly mm-hmm. twenty states. We do. Right. We have about sixty team members. Uh, okay. Uh, full-time team members across then, all three uh, divisions yes sir yep. uh, mm-hmm. total and then we do about uh, a little under 40 million dollars a year in sales yeah. right now yeah nice and and profitable every year since founding we have we've never lost money for the year wow. uh you certainly have had good years and not so good years but never have lost uh money congratulations well how would you say your leadership styles evolved over time chad uh you know like i said uh learning to understand that uh uh you know just as you learn more about your faith understand that we're mm-hmm. all in the body of christ and the hand is a very good hand but a terrible foot and that god <laughs> made each part uh, for a specific purpose and learning to understand people getting to know them and, and understand where they're strong and where they're weak and help them uh, shore up their weakness but more than anything mm-hmm. help them celebrate and soar in their strengths and put people together in the right rows and the right places with the right motivators that help them uh, succeed. Hmm. And really, I, you know, look, I, I like to win. Don't get me wrong, I like to make money, but I really love to see people grow. Yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, very that, satisfying. That, yeah, I get my kicks out of that. And if people are doing that, the money will come and, yeah. and, uh, and you get to impact lives that way. You know, I really identify with that. You know, I work in executive recruiting and we've worked uh, well, 10 years and we found in 2009 when I started getting calls and the economy was coming back. And do you still do recruiting? I'd gone to another business that unfortunately didn't make it through the uh, the Great Recession. And, and I have, have to tell you, I still have people that are still in those same jobs I placed in nine, 10 years ago. I get in touch with them every year, if not more often. And, you know, there's just a great intrinsic benefit of knowing that you've helped someone, you've been able to impact their lives and their careers, you know, whether they work for you or in my case, uh, in your case, or in my case where I've placed him in a job that really has had a meaningful impact. You know, it's tremendous, tremendous peace in that satisfaction. Yeah. And I, I operate with zero fear that if I invest mm. in somebody and they leave, that's okay. I mean, that, not that I'm wanting that to happen. I'm not doing it for that to happen. Right. But if I really love people and I want to invest in people, ultimately I want what's best for them and Absolutely. I want them to be in God's will. And, uh, and if they're in God's will, uh, that's where they needed to go. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, I can only be in God's will if I'm allowing other people around me to be in his will. Amen. What do you look for for the people you're making bets on, you know, the people you're going to invest in? I'm looking for somebody that's willing to invest in themselves. If, mm. you, if you talk to anybody, they'll say, yeah, I want to grow. I want to do better and all that. But I really want to find out what are you doing? You know, do you know your weaknesses? Do you know your strengths? What are you doing now to help you hmm. situate your strengths and to shore up your weaknesses? If they're not investing in themselves, uh, it, you know, God showed me early on, invest in the people that I've got ready to invest hmm. in themselves. And uh, and so that's kind of what I try to focus on. That's a that's a great philosophy. How do, how do you get to that? What kind of questions do you ask? How, you know, do you observe them? I mean, you know, sometimes a one hour interview or a, even if meeting them a couple of times, it's hard to kind of get below the surface. Yeah, you just try to you know find out what's uh, most important to them to accomplish. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them uh, you know, what they do well, don't do well. Uh, what is, what would they do differently? Uh, what are they? You just ask them. Their goals, you know, what are, what are they looking to achieve? And you want to hear things like improving themselves, right? That's right. And, yeah. and I'm a direct guy. I feel like if you want to know something, just ask somebody, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just ask them, be sincere. And uh, and normally the Spirit will testify in me uh, and help me know uh, and give me a sense of that, too, you know. Yeah, yeah. How do you decide if it's time to micromanage someone or or stay out of their sandbox? 
You know, I try my best to stay out of the sandbox. That's yeah. been a difficult journey sure. uh, because I used to do every job here almost. So I think I know everything, and I don't. But uh, <laughs> uh, but the Lord's blessed me with great leadership, and you know, you know, I try to we're what makes the most biggest impact, and where can I come alongside of one of my leaders and help them. Uh, move forward is mm. kind of the way I try to do. I try not to micromanage. I do sometimes, and normally I mess things up more when I do that. You know? <laughs> well, it's hard because you've probably done every job in the company. That's right. And yeah. uh, but but you know I did every job in the company when it was a much different company though. You know, <laughs> That's true. That's you know, true. Yeah. It's got more people, more processes, more right. you know more right. uh, resources than it used to have as well. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about your thoughts on building a company culture. You know, you founded UTD. You've got 60 employees. You're doing, you know, close to 40 million in sales. You know, that's a big operation. You span 20 states. You probably touch thousands of customers, you know, both on the vendor side as well as on the selling side. And, you know, if you had to kind of describe your company culture, how would you describe it? I would say this. The one thing we talk about all the time here is we're actually not in the lumber business. We're not in the trucking business. Mm. Uh, we're in the people business. Mm. Uh, and we use the vehicle of lumber and trucking as a conduit uh, to be a part of people's lives. I like and if, that. And if we just serve people, that's each other, that's our families, that's the community, our customers and suppliers and their families. If we just look for opportunities to serve them well, uh, then, uh, you know, uh, things will be okay. Was that part of your philosophy from the early days? Uh, it has been for many years. Certainly, uh, you know, from my faith uh, has come uh, a big part of that, of understanding yeah. that it's not about me. Uh, it's about him and, right. and his purposes. Yeah. When you uh, talked to us about starting the company, you said there was a lot of your competition that weren't making money. You obviously were profitable from day one. What, what would you attribute that to? Uh, God's plan. Uh, <laughs> you know, he just, uh, I'm a fairly simple guy. I work hard, right. but that's not my biggest priority. Uh, you know, my biggest priority is honoring him. Uh, right. uh, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, God owns everything, right. uh, every customer, every hmm. asset I have. And he also wants me to, uh, to be a good steward of that. And so if, if I feel like I'm stewarding his resources, well, you know he, you know he he's going to take your thing. Yeah, yeah, and I and I don't mean that I, if I go broke someday he's not blessing me. Maybe that's right. his plan. Right. But, right. I, but but what I seek each day, one of our core values is opportunity, and, and behind that we put as the Lord provides. We want to mm -hmm. go after opportunity that the Lord has set in our way. Ephesians two ten tells us that He has prepared beforehand the works for us to do. And I just want to get in on, Lord, what have you got for me to do? Because right. he will honor himself. Yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your core values. What are some of the other ones? Well, uh, it's a acrostic for committed. It's customer service. Uh, it's opportunity, as I talked about. It's to measure things, then to maximize things. That's to have integrity, to have mm. teamwork. Uh, you know, it's to have excellence and it's to be dedicated and to have thankfulness is the other two, to be mm. thankful in every situation and seek to bless those in your path. Yeah. Uh, I've never had anything good or bad happen in my life that I couldn't look and say, Lord, there's something here to be thankful for. Right, right. 
Fantastic. How does the Christian-owned and led business play out, you know, a day-to-day? Um, is that something that everybody is aware of? Is it something that, you know, you're pretty upfront about when you hire new people? Uh, is that something that's recognized in the community? Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, we're very overt and open about who we are. Now, we mm-hmm. don't require somebody to be a Christian to work here, do business right. with us. But right in our mission statement is we're committed to glorifying God while serving and treating our team members, customers, suppliers, and communities and families the way we want to be treated. Yeah. And that's based on the first and second greatest commandment, which is the, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, that's and right. soul. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, you know. Well, and you know, that's a self-sorter, isn't it? Um, yeah. My business has transformed since I come to C12, uh, since I uh, started coming to C12, which is about 18 months ago. And I've got about 20, almost 30% of my business now with C12 customers. And one of the things I ask my clients is, you know, can we put that you're a faith-based or a Christian-owned and led business? And they said, absolutely. And you know, it acts as a really good filter, right? Yeah, because right. Uh, I share that with candidates and, you know, and I'll talk about it. Say, so, yeah, how, how do you feel about that? You know, is that something that you'd be comfortable in? Um, you know, you, know, you can't recruit against it, like you said, but you right. know, people are very open. Say, oh, that doesn't bother me. Or I've worked with a family-owned business that was similar in the past. I've got a particular candidate right now uh, that I'm looking for for one of my C12 members, and she's currently working for a ascetic Jew organization. And her response is, well, you know, I've worked very well with them for the last seven years. I don't think I'll have any problem working with your client. <laughs> and, you know, that was the right answer. So, uh, well, that's good. Well, you know, last couple of questions. You've been very generous with your time, and I appreciate that, Chad. You know, you, you probably get involved in some interviewing. Do, do you, uh, you know, interview other folks other than the folks that you direct report to you in the organization? You know, do you meet everyone that comes in the door or how do you kind of approach uh, candidate interviews? Certainly in the early years, I certainly interviewed everybody right. and hired everybody. I do right. have a an HR department now who does that, but I do uh, – you know, I'm involved in what the process is and what we first hire for is culture. And we're not just looking for somebody that's a fit for us. Mm. We're really looking for, are they, are we a fit for you mm. and, and, and make sure it's a win-win for both parties. Yeah, that's very but important. I, but I do uh, meet with each new hire shortly after they start, follow mm-hmm, up with them mm-hmm. and find out uh, you know, how things are going and encourage them and uh, get to know them. So, you know, let's say if you're maybe interviewing someone that's maybe down the food chain, maybe it's one of your direct reports and, you know, he or she would want you to have a look at this person because maybe they're going to be involved in a special project that's going to touch you. And let's just say you had a few minutes to interview them. What what kind of questions would you ask? What would you focus in on? Uh, you know, uh, I would ask them, you know, what's the most important uh, accomplishment they think they've ever done in, in, mm. in work? Uh you know, I might ask them what does servant leadership mean to them? Uh, hmm. You know, have they seen that in their career? Obviously, you know, the person I'm interviewing, might, that may or may not be appropriate. Uh, they might not have ever been in leadership. But sure. I at least want to know how they feel about what servant leadership is, even if they've never been a servant leader. Uh, and I ask them, what, what kind of goals do you have over the next few years? You know, because uh, right. somebody that don't have a goal at all is certainly not doing anything to get somewhere. Right, uh, right. And so, you know, I think that's important uh, yeah. to, to have goals. Get those insights. Yeah. Know what, know what drives them and understand, you know, their level of uh, commitment to their improvement, right? That's right. That's Being right. an important part. Great. Well, Chad Epperson, uh, CEO of uh, United Treating Distribution, thank you so much for your time. We've got one last question we always ask all our CEOs. And, you know, what career and life advice would you give to someone who's, you know, got his or her eyes on the corner office or maybe wants to be an entrepreneur and, you know, found their own company like you, you have done? 
you know, just be willing to grow and invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't mean just in the business, but in all areas of your life. You're not going to end one day and say, you know, uh, you know, I made CEO, so I made it. You're going to end with, you know, how did I love the people around me? Right. How did I love my family? And uh, and if God's will is for you to be CEO, then that's what you want. I'll say this. I would not want this job if I know this wasn't what God called for me to do. Mm. And uh, so where I want to be is where his will is. So just ask the Lord, where, where, what's his will for your life? And uh, he'll, he'll guide you in the right place. Amen. Chad Epperson, thank you so much for your time. And I'm looking forward to meeting you in Atlanta. Hey, look forward to it, Brand. Thank you for everything. And thanks for everybody out there listening. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brant, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.go4roi.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.